media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. So last week, um, Bobby spoke on Mark 9, 9, 14 through 29, um, and helping us with our unbelief. Uh, one of the lines, as I listened back through it uh, this week or last week, was uh, he said, prayer is, an, <clears throat> prayer is an extreme expression of faith. More faith equals more prayer, right? More faith equals more prayer. Um, and it's, it's ironic how this happened um, is that we just started a new three-week series back in youth, and, and the first one was prayer. Um, and, and we talked about it uh, last Sunday, and then this week we're going into the Bible, and next week, in two weeks, we're going into community, and, and, and we all need that. We need prayer. And if any of y'all have ever been out to iServe, um, prayer is, is is something that we talk a lot about, um, and, and because we all need to do it, right? We all need to do it. We need to be able to pray out loud. So I challenge you, if you've never prayed out loud before, hey, pray out loud with somebody. It's okay. The Lord's got you. Um, but we're going to look at Mark 9, 30 through 37. We're going to read through those seven verses, and then we'll break them down um, one by one, maybe. All right, here we go. Here we go. Um, my eyes aren't good, so I'll try to read it. Uh, but this is out of Amplified Version, uh, and I challenge you all to, to look at different versions of the Bible as you study, as you do your uh, quiet time, as you look, because um, I'm probably like a 40-watt bulb. Um, so I need a lot of different angles to look at Scripture to figure out what words fit best for me. But we're going to look at Mark 90, 30 through 37. So they went on from there and began to go through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know it because he was teaching his disciples and preparing them for the future. Not today, Satan. And preparing them for the future, he told them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed and handed over to men who are his enemies, and they will kill him. And when he has been killed, he will rise from the dead three days, three days later. But they did not understand this statement, and they were afraid to ask him what he meant. They arrived at Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you discussing and arguing about on the, on the road? But they kept quiet because on the road they, were, they discussed and debated which one of another, which one of them was the greatest. Sitting down to teach, he called the twelve disciples and said to them, If anyone wants to be first, he must be last of all. Of importance and a servant of all. Taking a child, he set him before them, and taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives and welcomes one child such as this in my name receives me, and whoever receives me, not only me, but him who sent me. So when, when you think about that, right? So when, you, when we look at those scriptures, there's a lot in there, and we're gonna break that down, right? We're gonna break it down. So, tell me, Father, Lord, Thank you for your word. Thank you for the promises that are in there. Thank you for the, the guidebook. Lord, thank you for the instruction manual that you've given us. Lord, thank you for the disciples, Lord, and their willingness to live it out. 
Lord. And Lord, we're so much like the disciples where we're afraid to ask questions. Lord, help us with that. Just as Bobby talked about last week, help us with our unbelief. Let us ask the questions. Lord, let us not be first, but be last. Lord, help us with that. Lord, let these words leave a mark on our heart today. Help us and guide us. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Amen. So, in verse, who is the greatest, right? We are servants, are we servants of all? Those are the questions that we're going to keep looking at today. Who is the greatest and are we servants of all? Verse 30 and 31, that's the end of Jesus' public teaching ministry. And he focuses on the private teaching of the disciples, right? So he was out there, he was in boats, he, he was talking to thousands and, and, and that is over now, and it's moving into the time where he's speaking to the twelve. He's teaching the twelve and trying to prepare them for the future. Just as, as Ricky was talking about, you know, where are we transitioning to? Where are we going? What are we graduating from? That's what he's doing in verse 30 and 31. That's what he's talking about. They went from there and began to go through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know because he was teaching his disciples and preparing them for the future, right? This is the second time of three times in the book of Mark that Jesus talks about or reminds the disciples about his death and resurrection. But this time he mentions the betrayal. This time he talks about him being delivered over to his enemies and being killed, right? Before he just said, hey, I'm going to go, but I'll come back. Here he sits there and talks about the betrayal that's going to happen when he leaves, uh, before he leaves, Jesus wants the disciples prepared for life without him, just as he wants us and our graduates that we'll talk about at the end of the service for that next phase of our life. Right. And, And the son of man is to be betrayed and handed over to the men who are his enemies. They will kill him. And he has been when he has been killed, he will rise from the dead three days, three days later. Right. So that's set in the tone for the next talks. Um, and, and when we think about it, right, from the public ministry and, and kind of church for us is the public ministry. What does your private ministry look like? Right? What does your quiet time look like? What does your time alone with God look like? Right? Because in here we can make it seem like we have it all together. We put on our faux face and we come. But when we're sitting in the chair, when we're on the back deck, when the tears are crying down our face, when we're trying to figure out why this, what does your private ministry look like? Are you allowing him to prepare you for the future? Right. And and, and when we say future, that could be three hours from today right now. Right. That could be the future. But like for us, like Ricky said, We like to say, hey, look, this is my future right here. I'm here for the next 50 years. We're not guaranteed that. Is he preparing you for, are you allowing him to prepare you for the future? Verse 32. But they did not understand this this statement and they were afraid to ask him what he meant. They did not understand. Why is that? They've been with the guy. They've walked with the Messiah. He's taught them. They've been everywhere with them. And they still don't understand. And the crazy part is, were they looking for a conquering king instead of a saving king? 
or a savior or a messiah, right? I, they were looking for that conquering king, I believe, even though he's told them differently. Are you afraid to ask? Right? Chew on that for a minute. Are you afraid to ask? Did they not want to be rebuked like Peter? In Mark 8.33. So in 8.33, Mark 8.33, it says this. I didn't sit on the board. But turning around with his back to Peter and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter saying, Get behind me, Satan. For your mind is not set on God's will or his values and purposes, but on what pleases man. Right? What pleases man. Are we afraid to ask? In our private ministry with God, with Jesus, are we afraid to ask those questions when we're having our quiet time? God, why? Why is this happening? What does this mean? I don't understand that. I've been a Christian for 40 years and I still don't get it. It's okay to ask. I promise you. It's okay. He knows already. You're not tricking him. I promise you. He knows. Right? Were they scared? Were they scared of suffering? They didn't want to believe that he was going to die. They hoped Jesus would change the subject, right? We've all been there, especially as kids. You know, we were hoping they'd change the subject. Let's talk about something else. I don't want to talk about that. Um, when we don't get it, when we don't understand, we need to remember James one five. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom to guide him through a decision of circumstance, he is to ask our benevolent God who gives to everyone generously and without rebuke or blame, and it will be given to him. Right? So when we don't understand, he might not tell us until we ask. Right? We got to ask. James 1.5, we got to ask. Right? Who is the greatest, right? Are we servants of all? That's where we continue to go back to. Who is the greatest? Are we servants of all? In verse 33 and 34, um, they arrived at Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you discussing and arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet, because on the road, they had discussed and debated with one another which of one of them was the greatest. While walking with the Messiah, the teacher, the disciples, the students, us, weren't listening to the private lessons he was teaching. I mean, they were right there with him. That's like, you know, I'm a business guy. I, I, I like business. That's like going to meeting with Warren Buffett and, and, and not listening to a word he says. He's telling me how he amassed this fortune and I'm too busy worrying about the pickle on my hamburger. Right? And I got the wealth of a businessman right there. While walking with the Messiah teacher, the students and disciples, they weren't listening to the private lessons he was teaching. Instead, they were jockeying for position, right? Who is the best? Who's the greatest? The biggest? Number one, king of the hill, the leader who's superior. That's what they were looking for. They were looking for status, honor, and power because they were still searching for a political liberator. Instead of the Messiah. They were looking for someone to save them from the world. The Roman world. Not the crucial world. Right? Are we doing that? 
Are we doing that? He asked them, what were they discussing, talking about? Like I said earlier, not like he didn't already know. Right? That's the crazy part. But here, I thought this was neat. The verb tense here indicates that he kept asking the question over and over and over again. And we all understand this feeling because as parents, coaches, bosses, or maybe even a child has done this to us over and over and over. Right? I'm I'm sure. Right? It might even happen this morning on the way to church. Right? Your child might have asked you or your spouse might have asked you, you know, Ours is, this is the question every day, is what is to eat, right? I mean, we just woke up, we ate, and she wants to know what we're going to eat next. You know, I'm like, I don't know, we're not there yet. But she wants to know. But just imagine Jesus, the chosen one, the Messiah, asking these 12 over and over and over and over again. What were you talking about? And all you heard was crickets, crickets, and crickets. And we all know, because I try to do it to the youth in the back. I'll ask one of them to pray, and and they don't want to pray. So then we have that awkward silence for a little bit, where everybody just sits there, and everybody's just looking around or looking down, because not me, right? And I'm sure that's what they were doing here. I'm sure one of them wanted to speak up, and, and but... The crazy part about that is they would have came up. Their answer would have been why I was the greatest or why I was the one that was going to sit at the right hand. Right. Instead of saying we messed up. Um, 35 and 30 through 37. Sitting down to teach, he called the 12 disciples and said to them, if anyone wants to be first, he must be last of all in importance and servant of all taking a child he set him before them and receives, oh, I'm sorry, set a child before them and taking him in his arms, he said to them, whoever receives and welcomes one child such as this in my name receives me and whoever receives me, not only me, but him who sent me. And, and when no one answers, he calls the disciples over and has them sit down. He sits as he teaches, Right. He wants to get very intimate with them. He wants to be very on point with them. He wants to bring them close. He tells them something that would turn their world upside down. Totally countercultural, cultural, backwards, doesn't make sense in society where prestige, power, control is everything. Everyone's trying to get it. And he's telling them the exact opposite. Right? He's telling them the exact opposite. It's not the one who is served is the greatest, but instead the one who serves the weakest are the greatest. Right? Totally backwards to what we've been told in business, in school, in sports, everywhere. It's not the one who is served who is the greatest, but instead the one who serves the weakest. They are the greatest. So who is the greatest? Just as Jesus suffered and leads by example, example, we as Christ followers are to lead by becoming a servant of all. Right? Just as he was the, he, he shows us what suffering means. And once again, I don't think any of us are going to raise our hands to say, I want to be the next one to suffer. Right? We just don't do that. But he, he, he exampled it for us. He was the, we should imitate him. Right? 
And it's hard to get culture out of our heads and heart to lead as a servant because we are taught to climb the corporate ladder. We, we're, we're taught to be king of the hill, win at all costs. You kill, you destroy, you lie, you cheat. We deserve it. That's the biggest lie we've ever been told. We don't deserve it. We don't. And on and on and on. We need to let go and let God. Right? If you don't remember anything else, we need to let go and let God. We need to let go and let God. Because if we do that, then our lives change, our thought process change. And we understand the the last is first and the first is last. But he puts a child in front of them in his arms like a loving father does. Right, and in that time, especially a young child, as as crazy as it means, as sounds, was not of much worth. They couldn't add value to anything. Um, they needed a lot of attention. Um, he received a child, a least of these, one in need. Um, you receive Christ and God the Father. Receiving here means to accept and serve. Um, I know I'm going to mess it up, but the Greek word diakonos means servant, right? It means servant, willing to serve and take care of others. And that's what he's trying to show here when he's teaching them, when he's sitting down, when he's getting personal with them, when he's drawing them in and saying, hey, this is how it should be, right? Not as the world does, but as Christ's followers do, Right? Adults served children. Children had no influence. They could not advance someone's career. They could not help contribute much in society as a whole when they're so little. They need assistance in most things. Must have tasks done for them. They need service. And that's where he's saying here, you know, if you take a child, he sets them before them. Whoever receives and welcomes one child such as this in my name receives me. Right. And for us to become servants of all, we got to bring those needs in, those needy ones, those children's, the weakest. We got to bring those in. And, and obviously society's telling us. Are we I centered or other centered? Right. Are we I centered or other centered? Right. And who is the greatest? We are servants of all. Right. And that's where he's trying to get us is whoever receives and welcomes one child such as this in my name receives me and whoever receives me, not only me, but him who sent me. So as we try to understand all this, as we try to grasp this different change, right, because we're telling our kids, we're telling everyone, hey, we want you to be the best. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But at what cost? Right. Jesus, the Messiah, washed the feet. Right. To show that he is a servant. He is a servant. We are all called to serve. We are all called to help those that are in need. But how do we do it? Right. How do we do it? What tangible ways can we go out there and love on our neighbors? Right? Or do we just sit there and, and because we live in the greatest country in the world, we all have our houses, 
we, do we just drive up? And, and, and this is, doesn't leave my mind as we drive up, we push the clicker, we drive in, we push the clicker, and then we live in our humble abode. And we had no, uh, nothing about what's going on all around us. Because we got enough issues in our home, we feel. And people are dying around us. Physically and spiritually. And us as Christ followers, we are to be servants of all. And as Cornerstone, that should be our passion. That should be our heartbeat of what are we going to do as a body. Right? If we just come in here as a, as a church body and love on each other, that's great. We need to. But thousands of cars are going by every day. Every day. And every one of them has a story in there. And we know nothing about them. Nothing. Other than they're driving in front of us. That's where we're called to. Yesterday we had a, a food truck in Athens. I serve ministries did, and and we we gave out thirty eight thousand pounds of food. Um, and, and it's just really humbling. This, this this elderly lady comes. She walks, I don't know, maybe a mile, two miles with a little buggy, and she walks up there because she's so desperate for this food. But we load her down with over a hundred pounds of food, and she's like, "How do I get home?" Right? Because once again, her thought process is, I gotta get there to get it. But then on the second part, it's like, oh no. My little buggy can't take all this home. Right? Or another story, Kimberly was telling me, a couple, I think they took two, two or three buses to get there. Um, but once again, their need, their desperation is, I'm gonna get there at all cost. Now how I get back, I'm not sure. But in their mindset, I got to get there, right? And, and because we have the best servant volunteers in the world, a couple of them sacrificed and, and, and took them home, right? Because we're to be servants of all, right? Uh, most of us have several cars in the driveway. We choose which one we're going to drive today because which mood we're in. And they were just trying to figure out, how do I get to this free food and then how do I get it home? Right? Because we have an abundance. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with the blessings that God has given us. But for us, the question that we go out with today is, who is the greatest? Who is the greatest? And are we servants of all? So I, 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 I messed up this morning. I didn't text Sean. I wanted both to be here. Uh, we have two graduates with us, which is pretty cool for Cornerstone because we grew, we grew our, our youth group kind of organically, uh, last year, Matt. Last year, Matt? Right? No, two years ago, Matt. Um, and, and, but we kind of grew organically. And so we got two graduates this year. So it's so cool. And, and this sermon kind of leads into that. Um, this leads us to our two young men that, that are in need, uh, uh, that, need this kind of service anymore because once again they're moving to that next stage the new phase of life these two young men are going to do great things one at Kennesaw State University and the other at the University of North Georgia and and, and we at Cornerstone are encouraged to pray for them and their families as they walk this new normal 
right? Um, it, it's been so awesome for me to watch both of these young men grow over the last nine years when uh, since Sherry and I uh, came here to Cornerstone. Um, and not only did we watch them grow physically, right? But more importantly, we watched them grow spiritually. We watched them grow in maturity. Um, and, and so just as Jesus was teaching and preparing the disciples for his departure, we at Cornerstone have been doing the same thing to these young men. We've been teaching them. We've been discipling them. We've been growing them for this next phase. Um, and, and for Scott, I mean, Scott, oof, see, I already messed up, right? Scott is the dad, but uh, for Sean, Scott and Issa chose uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Um, Besides, God is able to make every blessings of, of yours overflow for you so that in every situation you will always have all you need for any good work, right? The blessings are there, they're overflowing, so that in every situation you will always have all you need for any good works. There's a couple of pictures right here that Jeremy's going to scroll through of uh, Sean. Um, and so, time goes fast. So Sean's going to go and he's going to actually play soccer at the University of North Georgia. So we're super excited uh, for Sean in that. And our other graduate is Q. Um, and, and Radley and Tracy picked uh, three verses. I'm going to read two here in service and we're going to have, uh, they got a breakfast in the back in a few minutes and I'll read all of them. But if we look at Proverbs 4, uh, 6 and 7, do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Right? And then, uh, and then he has Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For in the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And they sent in some pictures of, uh, of Q. Um, and, and I'm kind of jealous of Q because he's traveled all over the world. I mean, he went to Europe by himself as a teenager. I don't know. So I'm a little bit jealous of Q. Uh, just the world traveler he is. And, and Q's headed to Kennesaw State University where he is going to change that, uh, he's going to change that campus. I know it. Um, and, and, and it is so cool for me to, to see these young men grow, um, in such a way. And, and so what I'd like to do, like I said, Sean's not here, but I'd like Q if you'd come up here for a second, buddy. Um, and to everyone that feels comfortable, once again, if you don't feel comfortable, hey, you can just stay there and, and put your arms out. Uh, reach out to Q. But what I'd love for us to do as a church is come and, and lay hands on Q and pray for Q um, as he goes out. Um, and, and we're going to do the same thing in the next service for both of them as their family will be here. 
But uh, if anyone feels comfortable, you can come up here. We can pray for. We're going to pray over Q. Um, but I think as a church, it's our obligation, it's our duty it, to pray for these young people that are going out there and they're going to change the campuses in a mighty way. Um, and, and Q and, and Sean have been very instrumental in, in Cornerstone. I mean, Q's gone everywhere from helping in kids' church in the back. Uh, to, to pl- being on the worship team up here. So it is so cool. So anyone that feels comfortable and more than welcome to come up here. Um, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for and over Q, um, and, and just put him on his way. So I'll pray. Um, you're more than welcome to pray out loud while I'm praying. It's okay. Um, but we're going to pray for Q, um, and Sean as they go out and, uh, as they change the world. So, I definitely, Father, Lord, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for, for this young man, these young men, uh, Lord, and, and the works that you're doing in them. Uh, Lord, we thank you for a church, a praying church that has come up here and, and, and lift Q and Sean up and, and their families up. Uh, Lord, that, uh, Lord, you would strengthen Q. Lord, you would strengthen Sean. And Lord, that their foundation is on the rock, the cornerstone. That's Jesus Christ. And Lord, that his roots are deep. And Lord, that the University of North Georgia and Kennesaw State University, Lord, that they're not ready. Lord, they're not ready for the awakening that's coming there. Lord, from these young men, Lord, we pray that these young men would find other young men and young women that have the same beliefs. And Lord, that as a group, Lord, whether it's through Bible studies, whether through service projects, Lord, that you would put a church in their way as well, in their path, Lord, where they could find community right there on campus. Lord, so we pray for Q. Lord, we pray for his wisdom. Lord, we pray for knowledge. Lord, we pray for his voice. Lord, we pray Romans 116 that Lord, him and Sean would not be ashamed of the gospel as they're out there. Lord, once again, Lord, bless these young men. Lord, strengthen them, encourage them, keep them safe. Lord, let them be difference makers and game changers. Lord, we love you. Lord, we love them. But Lord, more importantly, you love them a million times more than us. Lord, you've placed them here to do great and mighty things. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.